Hey, this is Dave Ryder from New Spring Church here in beautiful Perth, Western Australia. Really praying that this message is going to help you. If you'd like some more information about our story, just head to newspring.org.au. Well, by six o'clock on the evening of that very first Good Friday, the world was different. Actually, that's not completely true because not only was the world different, the entire cosmos was different. Everything changed. And I think the problem is that we weren't actually able to really see what happened. We didn't get a, the vantage point from, from the heavens to actually to, to, to look upon and to see, wow, what happened. I mean, could you imagine if we were there among the angels when this happened? Could you imagine looking on and, and looking in disbelief, looking in astonishment, looking in shock, looking on and looking at each other and saying, man, did you just see that? I mean, like, like did, did you see that? It would have been astonishing. It would have been remarkable. Did you see what just happened? Jesus releases those words. It is finished. And even that word finished, I mean, that has so many dimensions to it. That's not like one little linear kind of word. That has different facets, different layers that impacts and touches and changes all of us in different ways. It is finished. Israel's eschatological hope fulfilled. That's finished. That is awesome. Jesus has defeated. He has disarmed the principalities and powers that have been enslaving humanity and enslaving creation. Their reign of terror is finished. That's good news, right? That's what gospel means, good news. That's really good news. New creation has begun. Old creation is finished. Judgment has been cast on it. That's good. Something new is broken in. That's good to know. The kingdom of God has been inaugurated. The kingdom of God is coming to pass. And simultaneously, as the kingdom of God is coming to pass, this present evil age is passing away. We need to remember that. Because sometimes we get a little bit disoriented because we see elements and we see facets and we see characteristics of this present evil age. And we can sometimes think, oh my goodness, maybe Jesus didn't have the victory. And we fail to realize that as this present evil age is passing away, the kingdom of God is coming to pass. That's good to know. I'm so glad I know that. And not only that. For those of us who have stepped into this wide open, welcoming invitation, which all of us can step into effortlessly, by the way, we, who are children of God, we have been adopted. And not just adopted, we're invited to partner with God in renovating the cosmos. Isn't that incredible? Anyone like renovations? Well, you've been invited into the grandest renovation project of them all. My goodness, the block has nothing on this. <laughs> nothing. And all of us coming together, working together, partnering with God, this whole cosmos is changing. That's some invitation, isn't it? The old is finished, and now there is a brand new day. Because on Friday, that first Good Friday, on that day, God became king. 
That's why everything's changed. And that's why, by the way, that, so, some people are sometimes confused. Why do we call it Good Friday? We call it Good Friday because on that Friday, that's when God became king. Those three crosses, that's Jesus' coronation service. What a coronation service. The ripping of that curtain in the temple, that is the judgment on that present evil age. Something new is coming. And we all know that when something ends, something new is around the corner, amen? <laughs> so now we live in this brand new day, and this brand new day has a brand new tone about it. There's different language, like you even read through, through, through the New Testament. There's this new tone that is cast over the entire world. It's this tone of kingship. We're going to really focus a little bit on two, script, on two verses today. Colossians 1, verse 19 to 20. Andrew actually started it. I didn't even know you were doing it, hon. Seriously, far out. I should have just got you to preach. <laughs> Colossians 1, verse 19 to 20. If you have your Bibles, we're going to look at this. We're going to... We're going to read it and we're going to look at it a little bit more in depth later on. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on heaven or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. There's this new tone that God is unapologetic about. There are these words, these kingship words. I mean, reconciliation, reconcile. That's a huge word. Reconcile. Apparently, we've been reconciled to God. And he's doing reconciliation. What does reconcile mean? It means to bring together. It means to heal. It means to restore. It means to mend. It means to make whole, not just things on earth, but things in heaven and on earth. This is a huge renovation project happening here. Because God just became king, by the way. The flourishing, reconciliation is, is this flourishing of all aspects of human life and all aspects of this wider creation. Because this flourishing was disrupted by sin, but because of what Jesus has done, guess what? The plan is back in play, people. And when God becomes king, he sets a kingly agenda. So the king has reset his agenda for all of creation, which we actually, by the way, it's kind of important that we know that there's a new gender, there's a new tone, and we're living in that new day. But when Yahweh comes to establish his reign, it's also important to know that when he does that, he does it through peace. A week ago it was Palm Sunday. Visualize in your mind. Jesus coming in on a donkey. What does that symbolize? A king coming on his donkey symbolizes peace. It comes from the Mount of Olives coming down to Jerusalem. At that same time, there's this juxtaposition happening. Because as Jesus is coming in on a donkey, we have Pilate entering Jerusalem as well on a war horse. In this one moment, you have Jesus coming as peace. And you have Pilate, war, in this one moment. God is making a statement. When Yahweh comes to reign, he does it by peace. I think that's good to know. That's really important for us to know. That when we go about bringing about the kingdom in this world, we do it by peace. We don't want to do it violently. The world does it. Pilate does it through violence. Jesus... He does it through peace. And you know the other thing I find amazing about God, about Yahweh? When Yahweh comes to bring peace, 
the only blood on the ground is his own. That's huge. It is finished has huge implications. Because it's a brand new day and something new has begun to break into the world and every single gospel writer makes a note of this. I'm just quickly going to read um, Luke's account, Luke 24, verse 1 to 7. We saw in our opener um, as the service began. From verse 1, it says, On the first day of the week, it's definitely the first day of the week, it's the very first day of the very first week of a brand new creation. Very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found a stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body where of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee, the Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified on the third day, be raised Again, every single gospel writer is making the point. Just as Genesis tells us the story about the very first day of creation, in the beginning God creates. Every single gospel writer in the New Testament is letting us know on that first resurrection Sunday, this is the first day of the first week, not of all creation, of brand new creation. This is a brand new day. This morning was a brand new day. All you guys realize that because you're here. The most natural thing to do on a brand new day is to wake up. It interests me how many of our songs talks about waking up. How many of our songs say talked about color? Like I was like, I felt left out. I wanted like, come and paint me. Like, come and paint all of us. Because a brand new day, new creation, there should be bursts of color everywhere. That's the point. That's the point. But what are the implications for us? on this Resurrection Sunday in 2023. Because Resurrection Sunday today, it should confront us. Because something new has broken in. Do you see it? Do you see what I see? Seriously. I'm dead set serious. Because I see some stuff, man. And I don't see it all. But there is something so new and beautiful in this church this year. Oh my goodness. Can you see it? Do you perceive it? I tell you what, I don't, like, 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 like even as we're gathering on Mondays, praying, there is something, there's this new grace. Do you see it? Is your faith alive or you got sleep in your eyes and you're kind of slumbering? That's the question for us today. This is a brand new day. Are we awake to it? Do you see what I see? That's the question. That should shake all of us in this Resurrection Sunday. I'm going to show you one of my favorite clips um, from a movie that I saw years ago. I remember seeing this in the theater when it first came out. And it really left a mark on me. It still leaves a mark on me. And um, it's from the, um, the Chronicles of Narnia. So I'm going to show that and then we're going to go through this scripture. So have a look at the screen and see if this speaks to you.
one. <laughs> I knew it was you. The whole time, I knew it. But the others didn't believe me. And why would that stop you from coming to me? I'm sorry. I'm too scared to come alone. Why wouldn't you show yourself? Why couldn't you come roaring in and save us like last time? Things never happen the same way twice, dear one. If I'd come earlier, with everyone who died, could I have stopped that? We can never know what would have happened, Lucy. But what will happen is another matter entirely. And you'll help? Of course. As will you. Oh, I wish I was braver. If you were any braver, you'd be a lioness. Now, I think your friends have slept long enough, don't you? I remember the very first time I saw that in the theatre, and um, oh, it was such a beautiful depiction. Oh, like even now. Like, <laughs> I, I remember I was sitting in the theatre and I saw Lucy go up to Aslan, and running up to Aslan and falling on the ground upon him like that. And it just automatically, the words just like slipped out of my mouth. Like, I didn't even mean for it, but I was over there in the theatre and the words just slipped out of my mouth and said, that's my king. I wonder if you have that kind of notion about God. That's a beautiful depiction. Aslan. You run and you can fall on the ground. There's such safety, such security, such joy, such comfort, such fun. I asked, I asked you last night, didn't I? I said, like, sweetheart, do you reckon you can roll around with God like that? You didn't think so at the moment. I said, will you roll around with your dad? I wonder if that one moment would actually change how you see God. Would change what it means to be reconciled to God what love and forgiveness and mercy kind of means maybe you've got this picture of like God all the way out there and you know you even know words like incarnation the word became flesh and dwelt among us but maybe you go oh yeah Jesus came and dwelt among us but he had this like big finger turns out you got the underground of Israel you got disreputable sinners and they are just enjoying his presence his company you know, this is a beautiful depiction, just absolutely gorgeous depiction. 2023, that um, clip has come to my mind again, and um, this year, and, and there's been joy and there's been excitement, and there's been something new that's been stirring in my heart when I hear those words. Now, I think your friends have slept long enough, don't you? And there's something stirring me. And I love that. I love that roar because it reminds me, like, even as a pastor, as someone who's a spiritual leader, as someone who continually is trying to, per, to, to pursue, like, like, like per, uh, what's the word? It's just trying to convince and, and all that. It lets me know that actually, no, Jesus, Yahweh, it's his call that wakes people up. Wakes people up. But it's a brand new day. 
It is a brand new day. Resurrection Sunday should tell us it is a brand new day, that it is time to wake up. So from this scripture, from these two verses, I want to talk about three things. I never do a three-point sermon. But here we go. I want to talk about three things that should really wake us up. Because it's a brand new day. The invitation is set. The renovation project is at hand. My goodness, this is something really exciting to be part of. Let's read those scriptures again. Colossians 1 verse 19 to 20. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, that's Christ, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth, things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. The very first thing that, that, that we should actually be alive to and really woken up to is the question of who exactly is Jesus? Who is he? Who are we talking about here? Dave, I mean, like every week you're up here, it's either you, Brett, or Andrew, or Matt, or, or like someone's up here talking about Jesus. Who are you talking about, man? Who are you talking about? Verse 19, for God was pleased to have all. Everyone say all. That is so weak and pitiful. Everyone say all. All. That's a cool word. All. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. I mean, how much is all? How much is all? I asked chat GPT yesterday. All. All. Didn't help me too much other than what I knew. All means everything. All means the entirety of. All means the total sum. All means the all enchilada. Everything. All. Without exception. All. Who is Jesus? We're not talking about a mere man. We're talking about God. Isn't that right? Or do we need to do a series on some Christology or something? Are we talking about God here? We're not talking about a mere man. We're talking about God. Because God was pleased to have all of his fullness dwell in Christ, in Jesus, in him. How should that shake us? We're not talking about anyone here. We're not talking about like a, like, like a, 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 a social media influencer. The world seems to be shaped by some crazy people these days, right? We're not talking about Elon Musk, billionaire. We're talking about God, God himself. The king has set the agenda and the king is no other than God. And the question is, when it comes to this agenda, are you in or are you out? You can't be in and out. Are you in or are you out? Because if you're in, everyone should be able to tell. It should be absolutely like, they're, they're like I know, this person's in, that person's in. I'm not sure about that person. Well, that must mean they're out. Because the king has set an agenda and the invitation is flung wide open. What an incredible lyric. Paradise flung open. Flung open. Wow. You know, I think sometimes our, our modern songs get a bit of an unfair hit, but they are really theologically good. A lot of those lyrics. Paradise flung wide open. Step in. Step in. So first thing, who is Jesus? I mean, that's got to shake you. That's got to wake you up. That should really unsettle you. Tomorrow, or actually at the end of this, should not be business as usual. Easter is not a public holiday. I say that every year. 
for anyone who would hear it. Easter, this weekend, this is it. We actually take the time. We, 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 we set this weekend apart and we stop and we reflect and we remind ourselves and we come and we ears are open and we're reminded once again, I have preached this sermon 12 times now. It's a brand new day. It's a brand new day. Second thing, this is bigger than me. It's bigger than you. Verse 20, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven. This huge word, this word is called atonement. It's not just about individual salvation. It's actually about the reconciliation of all things. This year we've been banging on about the goal, the mess, the plan. And we've been going in, like taking the time to actually um, stop and think about the mess. That the mess is actually quite complex. The Bible says and lets us know that there's a mess on earth. We see that. But there's also a mess in the heavens. There's a rebellion on earth, there's a rebellion in heavens, and there's a whole bunch of complexity in that. And Jesus has come to reconcile all things on earth and in heaven, which means that this agenda is bigger than you, it's bigger than me, it's bigger than even talking about individual salvations. It's bigger than that. It includes that, but it's bigger than that. And I'm sure glad it's bigger than that because if it wasn't bigger than that, that would mean I'd just sit and twiddle my thumbs until I die and go to heaven, if that's what I want to believe. No, it's bigger. It's actually bigger. God from the beginning has set an agenda, the goal, and a certain way he intends to work in this world. God is establishing his rule on earth through humanity for his glory. It is finished. Amazing words. God's cosmic enemies of enslavement are just, uh, who, who come to dis- enslave and destroy, they have been disarmed. What kind of opportunities does that provide for the church? Seriously. What kind of opportunities? God looks at you. God looks at me. And like sometimes, I don't know about you, but sometimes my conversations with the Lord, he, he can sometimes be a bit mischievous. He looks at you, he looks at me and he smiles. And he says, do you want to have some fun? And we're sitting back because we don't know the full story. And we're saying, well, how are we going to have some fun? And he says, well, you know all those powers and forces that enslave people? Here's the secret. I've designed. What opportunities would be there for the church if we truly believed that the things happening in this area, this area, this area, this area, the influences that are enslaving and dehumanizing, they're actually disarmed. How would that change? What an opportunity. He has disarmed the forces that are ripping everything apart. And when the forces that are ripping everything apart are disarmed, that just opens the door for the church to come in and say, hmm, let's put this all back together again, shall we? Amen? You've got this huge puzzle. comes in a box. Everything's apart. You open up the box. Hmm, we can do something about this. Let's put it all back together. That's the work of the church. That's the opportunity of the church. That's the renovation project. That's what it means that God is working through humanity to reconcile all things in heaven and on earth. What an opportunity.
That is amazing. That's amazing. The work of Christ on the cross is not just about saving souls. It does include that. But it's more than that. It's about redeeming the whole world. The gospel is not about getting people into heaven. It's about bringing heaven to earth. That's what the story is about. It's about thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that provides an incredible opportunity for us. If we're awake to this brand new day, Lucy says to Aslan, I wish I was braver. How many times have you said that to God? I wish I was braver. Aslan says to Lucy, if you were any braver, you'd be a lioness. Have you got any lionesses in this room? Maybe three. Does anyone believe that he is risen? Have I got any lionesses in this room? When that penny drops, New Spring, that changes the game. And at one point, mark my words, at one point, I don't know when it's going to happen, that penny will drop. And it is game over for the principalities and the powers that are ripping this world apart. And make no mistake, we are here on purpose. We are in this intersection between Gosnells and Armadale in this demographic on purpose. And when that penny drops, we're going to have some fun. We're going to have some real fun. Last thing, everything happens through Jesus. This is a really tough one. It really is. Because it sounds, of course everything happens through Jesus. That's such a Christian thing. Of course it is. The problem is, because everything happens through Jesus, everything happens through the way of Jesus. That's the kicker. That's the kicker. Verse 20. And through him to reconcile all things to himself, all things, whether things in heaven or things on earth, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. The world wants a kingdom without the king. And Christians want Jesus without the cross. Our our fragile world has so many broken promises, doesn't it? As it elevates individual rights, individual freedoms, this revolution which is currently in play of this techno-utopia and this techno-utopia, there's the promise that this techno-utopia could even change the human heart. That's what um, advocates actually truly believe. But I don't know if you realise, the world is actually growing more and more cynical and more and more restless. Have you noticed that? Especially coming out of COVID, we're much more cynical, we're much more restless. I wonder why that is. I think we're actually coming to terms that the world's unable to deliver on its promises. This is promise, this is lame. If you go down this way, there's going to be something there. You go down this lane, dead end. It's like a cul-de-sac. How disappointing is that? We are unable to deliver on our promises, like individually. You know, if I do this, then this is going to happen. If I promote myself like this, if I like rebrand myself like this, if I do this, if I do this, if I do this, dead end. And we're getting a little bit cynical. I reckon Taylor Swift's 100% right. It must be exhausting always rooting for the anti-hero. It must be exhausting. Not must be. It is exhausting. Hedging your bets on yourself. It's exhausting because it doesn't work. Yet we continually do it, don't we? We root, we champion, we, we cheer, 
We cheer for ourselves. We cheer for our ideologies, our philosophies, our technologies, our political parties because they've got the promise. When we're fully aware by now that there's no power to heal, there's no power to mend, there is no power to reconcile all things. That's why we're cynical because we're not ignorant. We're not naive. We're not green. We've tried these avenues and they've come to dead ends and that's the only promises that are still out there and we're like, it just doesn't work. I'm still going to root for myself though, knowing it's not going to work. That's why we're cynical. But what about the way of God? What about the way of Jesus? Because the way of God, the way of Jesus does actually lead to life. Has anyone experienced that? But here's the catch. There is a catch. We actually really don't want to participate in the way of Jesus. What is the way of Jesus? Well, Paul says in Colossians, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. The way of Jesus is the cross. I mean, you can't put that on a T-shirt and sell it. Come to Jesus. It's the way of the cross. And it doesn't really bode well in a world like ours. Because we're rooting for ourselves, right? I'm cheering for myself, right? And then you look at the cross and you're looking at the cross and you're saying, but you know what? I've got rights. And the cross says, well, give them up. I'm rooting for myself. You know what? You know what? Man, I'm gifted. I've got, got these grace on my, I've got resources. Man, I've got some skills. And you look at the cross. Pour them out. I don't want to do that. <laughs> you're dry and you're weary. A lot of people are dry and weary. And you need refreshing. And you go, God, I need refreshment. And you look at the cross. You need refreshment? Okay. Go refresh someone else. No, you didn't hear me right, Jesus. No, I heard you. I heard you. But if you want life, Jesus says, it comes my way. Because I'm actually the king. And I've set the agenda. And this is the way. And it makes no sense in this world. And that's why we struggle to participate in it it's the way of the cross you want kingdom life do you really want kingdom life really well serve and then after you serve serve again and keep on serving and don't stop serving yeah well i've been serving for like three years lord and like seriously yeah well keep on serving and keep on serving keep on giving keep on blessing keep on loving keep on pouring See what I mean? Like the way of the cross is hard. I reckon, like, like seriously, I look at the cross, and I'm like, like, Lord, I reckon I can do the way of the cross three and a half years. Three and a half years. Okay, three and a half years clocks over, and you look at the cross, and what does Jesus say? What you doing? Keep serving, keep pouring, keep loving. It's the way of the cross. Here's the deal. 
we are cynical with the paths of this world because we're not dumb and we know it simply does not work. But the alternative, that confronts us. This agenda is set by our king and it comes by his way. And for us to step into a brand new world means that we are to be fully awake. And if you and I do make the decision, I want to live in resurrection life. Resurrection life. What was that? Um, It was a rattle, wasn't it? Resurrection life running through my veins. Could you imagine that? You want resurrection life running through your veins? Very, very simple and very, very hard. Serve. Give. Pour yourself out. I've got rights. Give them up. In your marriage, I've got rights as a husband. I've got rights as a wife. But you're a resurrection person. Give them up and serve. Give them up. Pour into your spouse. Pour into your kids. Pour into your community. Pour into people. But they hate me and then they keep on hurting me. Love them anyway. Pour into them anyway. Believe in them anyway. It's the way of the kingdom. Do it anyway. You want to be a real rebel in this world? Seriously, everyone wants to be a rebel. You want to be a real rebel? How about we provide a resistance to the principalities and powers that elevate me and I? And we say, I'm not going, I'm going to resist, I'm going to, I'm going to protest against that. And instead of living for me, I'm going to live for others. I'm going to live for God. That's a real resistance. That's real courage. That's real, really being pro- prophetic. G.K. Chesterton, years ago, he said the Christian ideal has never been tried and found wanting. Let me say it again. The Christian ideal has not been tried and found wanting. It has been found difficult and left untried. We're here, Resurrection Sunday 2023. If you're in a place where you're kind of thinking, okay, Dave, I've actually tried every other avenue of promise and I've grown cynical, I've grown indifferent, I'm like dead on the inside, I really need this life you're talking about. How about you actually look to the cross and say, okay, I've tried all these other ways, now I'm going to try the way of the cross and I'm going to pour myself out, I'm going to serve, I'm going to give, I'm going to love, I'm going to fling wide hospitality and I'm going to embrace this world because it's a brand new day. And something new has begun to break into this world and we are invited to be part of it. We're about to close up. Do you see what I see? Do you see this world? Is our faith alive or are we in slumber? The old is finished. There is new, a brand new day because God became king. And that should wake us up. It should wake us up to love. It should wake us up to compassion, to service, to humility, to welcoming the stranger, to smiling, to smiling. I was with the altar one kids a couple of weeks ago and we were talking about kindness. No, kindness. I said, what does kindness mean? So we asked chat GPT. It's a bit of a theme here. Don't worry, I do not write my sermons via chat GPT. But it gave just... This definition of kindness. And one of, the, one of the things that's said about kindness is that kindness is like smiles. So for the rest of the day, I'm walking through the corridors and these kids, these all to one kids are smiling at me. They're smiling. 
What's kingdom life? It should wake us up to smiling, to having joy, to being, having thanksgiving. Because it's a new day and our God is king. Let me try this one more time. He has risen. He has risen indeed. That's why we're here. How about we stand? Let me pray for you.